When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So as we fast approach the end of this current decade, we're going to talk about the best golf clubs that have come out between 2010 and 2019. We're going to cover every club in the bag, our opinions, mine and guys, and we're going to battle it out to see if we can create the best what's in the bag of the last decade. We're also going to talk about a new Facebook group we've set up, which has got unbelievable response and if you are part of the group you're going to know what we're talking about and thank you so much for getting involved in it we're going to talk about the videos we released this week and what's also coming up and then we've got a lot more lined up i'm excited for another podcast episode if you are new around here make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also leave us a review it's myself rick shields and guy producer guy and we're going to be talking about the best golf clubs in the last decade I am super excited for this episode. We had this idea, I think, at the back end of last week to build up the ultimate set of golf clubs from the last 10 years. I don't know what you've chosen, and you certainly don't know what I've chosen. We're going to argue our case for each. Some might end up being the same, which would be interesting, and then we're going to pick a winner for each part of the bag, starting at golf ball right the way through to driver. This is going to be good. Are we kicking this off straight away now? Well, is it... Yeah, why not? Okay. I, I'm nervous. <laughs> this feels like we, we're a minute and a half into the podcast and we're going to straight into the uh, clubs of the decade. Let's start with ball. Okay. So let, let's, just so we're clear, what, is there any criteria, any rules? What does it, what does it require to do to qualify to be in, in this? What's in the This is the beauty of the decade? podcast. We make our own rules. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think, obviously, it has to be anything that's been brought out from 2010 onwards, obviously, so it's in this decade. And I think, in terms of rules, it's something that either has changed the game or has um, been kind of monumental in the decade, whether it's been a a club that has won certain tournaments or has helped golfers in a certain way. It's how you perceive the best. That's what's quite interesting here. We can discuss it. We can debate it. I'm adamant. I'm very, very sure we're going to have a different choice on the golf ball. I think I know what you're going to say, and you're not going to guess what I'm going to say, but I've got a reason behind it. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Okay. Um, should I kick it off then? Let's go. Golf ball. In the last decade, I think it's been, there's been one golf ball that's been out in the last decade, or certainly two, that have really continued to, to push what is possible with a golf ball. The problem is with that golf ball that I'm going to talk about is that it's actually been out for nearly two decades And there's a newer version every two years, typically, but it's not the ball I'm going to pick for this particular topic. The ball I was thinking of, because most of people would probably think this, was the Pro V1. So the Pro V1, the Titus Pro V1 and Pro V1X. That, for me, has probably been the most stable, consistent golf ball of the last decade and the decade before. But it's not the ball I'm going to put forward for the ball of the decade. Wow. Shocker. Um. The ball I'm going to put forward of the ball of the decade is one that I believe, truly believe, actually got closest to competing and, in my opinion, on some points, actually bettered the Pro V1 this year. And it comes from a a manufacturer that doesn't particularly know, isn't known for their ball prowess. They've not done great with golf balls in the past. But this particular golf ball that came out, I believe, about three years ago, had the best chance to be in the best ball they've ever made and continues to do so. I think you're probably going to know what I'm going to say now. I do. I think the best ball that's come out in the last decade that have actually really tried to change and challenge perception is the TaylorMade TP5. For me, that golf ball had so many, well, it still does, has so many incredible characteristics, has so much performance benefit. 
actually think it's one of the best golf balls in the wind. For whatever reason, the aerodynamics of that golf ball just seems to be far better than a lot of the other golf balls I've tested over the last tw- 10 years, pretty much. And also, for me, personally standpoint, it's the only golf ball I've ever got a hole-in-one with. So that's kind mm-hmm. of why it's up there as, for me, the golf ball of the decade. I believe, truly, it's pushed the boundaries to be a serious competitor to what would maybe be known as the the standard ball of the decade which would be the pro v1 it's hard to argue with that it is a great golf ball but i'm going for a different one now i'm kind of already breaking the rules because this golf ball was released before 2010 yeah i know but there's been iterations of it released continuously in the last decade and the fifth generation was released in 2011 so let's say i'm going to go with the fifth generation do you know what i'm going to pick Fifth generation. That won't mean much to you, to be was fair. Was released in 2011. Yeah. So it's been out for a while. I think it was 03 it first hit the UK marketplace. But yeah, it's still been made now. Still, it's still out now. When was the latest edition of it come out? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but it would have probably been this 17? year or last year. Probably. Oh, right, okay. It's recent. It's You're not going to guess. So just put you out of your misery. Um, Chrome Soft. No. It, I was going to pick it now. Funny you say that. I was going to choose Chrome Soft. I was thinking Chrome Soft because it's a premium ball at a cheaper price point. It's soft and helps the golfer compress it. You see good distances from it from slower swing speeds. But no, I have gone with the Shrixen AD333. Wow. I've been underwhelmed, surprised, shocked. Um, now you've said it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, I wouldn't have picked that for no. for only be. You know, just to put into some context, the reason why I probably wouldn't have picked it for you is because it's a ball that you don't use yeah. and haven't used. Guy, if you know, is a three, four handicapper yeah, now. Four. Um, and I just didn't think that's where that he was going to go. But as a bigger picture, yeah. there's probably no... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the AD333 is the best-selling golf ball here in the UK. I think it is. Um, it's £19.99 a dozen which is half the price of a Pro V1. Whenever I've found one before on the golf course and had a little play, they're really solid golf balls. They're durable. They go a long way. They're soft. And it's easy for us as better players, if you like, to, to obviously gravitate towards the Pro V1, the TP5, which are, you know, arguably the best golf balls. But so many golfers are, you know, 15 handicappers, 18 handicappers, or irrespective of handicap, don't want to spend £40 or $50 on, on golf balls that they're going to ultimately lose or destroy. Triple three at half that price is nowhere near half the performance. You know it's, good, it's up there. Good shout, guy. Good shout. Wow. You know, it it would have... I reckon he could have given me 10 guesses and I don't think I would have picked the AD triple three for you, but... Now that you've said it, it makes perfect sense. I'm going to pick I, that as the ball. You know, you know what? And I didn't think I would be doing. I thought it'd be the Pro V1 or TP5, but the ball we're going to put in the what's in the bag for the last decade is the Shrixen AD Triple Three. I feel like we need some like awards being made for this. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people listening will probably have used AD Triple Threes or still use them and, and like using them. So, yeah, I think that's a great shout. I really do. And something that we touched on the last podcast that Strixon have done so well is they've kept that name of the golf ball since 2003. They've kept that kind of, I think it's an yeah, iconic blue box. You know if you go and you see a kind of sky blue box what it is. And I wonder if there's actually a lot of golfers who weirdly almost don't know the name of it, but they just know it's the blue box from Shrixen. A lot of people call it the AD33, which is actually AD333 or 333. But it's a good golf ball. It's a solid golf ball. It's a good price point. And fair play to Shrixen for keeping keeping pushing it. Am I, am I mistaken in saying that they even made like an AD333 tour? They did. And it had a more, it was blue, I think, still, but there was a like black on the box. I don't know any figures on that. I don't feel like it was as good. Um, when I used to work in golf retail, there was, I think, four or five Shrix and Balls, and it was really it was really good. They had a, a red box, you remember the distance? Green box for soft, soft feel. feel. Blue was obviously um, triple three, and then there was the uh, Z-Star and Z-Star XV, was it, or X? I can't remember what that one was called. But again, we talk this a lot, but easy for the consumer to navigate, which I think a lot of brands overlook when it comes to golf balls. But it's a habit purchase. You, you find a ball in the course that you quite like, you go to the shop and you pick it up, you buy one, and you just keep buying that ball forever, potentially. 
So Shrixen have nailed it with that. I think it's a really good ball. Yeah, I do. I'd agree. Okay. And also, I think they make it in yellow as well. Yes. Oh, it ticks all the boxes. Right. I'm going to pass it over to you then this time. Putter. Are you going putter? Yeah, let's go Let's go putter, wedges, irons, and then leave the you know, big big stuff till the end. Go on then, putter. So I've gone with a putter from one of the big brands. I'm going to just say it how it is. I've gone with Odyssey. And the putter I've gone with is the White Hot XG 2.0. Might not mean a lot to you, but the number seven shape. The number seven shape. The number seven. It's a shape that has been, I don't want to say necessarily revolutionary, but it was quite simple, but yet quite different. Obviously, the kind of fangs on the on the end, on the toe and the heel of putter, it was ultra stable. It's won loads of tournaments. I feel, was it Luke Donald used it for a while? Has Poulter dabbled with it? Yeah, um, definitely Luke Donald, definitely Poulter. Uh, I'm trying to think of other really, you know, top, top names that have used it, but... If you if you're unfamiliar, it's it's almost like if you're looking down on it, as guy said, there's almost a a fang coming off the toe going backwards and a fang coming off the heel. Great for scooping up your golf ball yeah. to be fair as well. And then it has kind of a big elongated semicircle around those yeah. two fangs. It's very good for alignment, very good for keeping your putter straight going back. Um and, and a super, super popular putter. There's been loads of different designs of it as well. I think the White Hot XG 2.0, which is a bit of a mouthful, is the one that launched in 2010. So for the sake of the last decade, that's the one I'm going to call out. I think I had one which was the White Ice model, if I think it, I think it was. It was a bit of a bigger head, really soft insert. Absolutely loved it. And to be honest with you, I only got rid of it when I started working for Nike. And obviously, I kind of wanted to use all, all Nike clubs. But that was a class putter. Um, and they still make those models to this day. I think we've actually got one in the office now. We've got a Stroke Lab Toulon version. Well, now it's called that. That particular one's called Las Vegas version, ah, but it is the it's number the same seven, shape, isn't much. it? Yeah, that's the putter I'm going with. Simple to the point. Okay, um, I think that's a decent entry. I'm going to go for a putter again for one of the big brands, and it's just recently um, celebrated its 10 year anniversary. Now, this putter has won, factually won, major tournaments. He has been in the bag of multiple number one players in the last decade. It has changed shape recently to slightly more streamlined version. And another brand has also copied the design because the actual original designer has recently, Sean Toulon, who we've just been talking about Toulon, actually moved to Odyssey. But the putter that I believe has been the best putter in the last decade, one that has won multiple times on tour, one that suits not only professional golfers, but also high handicapped golfers because they will gain the ability to be more consistent with a putter, is the TaylorMade Spider Putter. It's gone through many different iterations. We're actually now to the Spider X, which is celebrating the 10-year anniversary. But for me, I honestly believe the Spider Putter for... Certainly, certainly tour golf usage, it's made a mallet putter unbelievably popular. I can't disagree. And if I'm being honest with you, I was going to pick it myself. I knew you would pick it, so I thought I'd go with something different. I've currently got one in the bag. I've got one of your ones in the bag. I've got the Spider 10. Is it Spider X, isn't it? It's called, I always call it 10. But the Spider X, um, the copper one, it's class. It's easy to line up. But I think the biggest thing is how stable it feels in your hands. And like you said, it's been around for 10 years now. Loads of different variations of it. It's built a good franchise. It's won on tour. It's been in the bags of Rory's had it for a while. I know he's dabbled in and out of it. Obviously, Justin a lot of, Johnson. I always Jason think of Jason Day. Day. Spider to me, I just think of Jason Day. Well, he was the reason why they made a red, red spider. Yeah. Um, is it that, what, was it the, what major was it when he won with his, his wife and his kids at the side of his, his little boy? There's only boy. one major. It's the, US, the, the US Open. Was that in 20... Or was it the PJ? <laughs> I can't remember. I feel like I remember having a red putter there, and that's what I kind of think about with the, the spider. But yeah, it's been a class putter. Obviously, other brands now started to copy the shape of it, and I think we'll look back in 10, 20 years' time, and the spider will just be a really iconic shape, so I'm going to give you that. I, I feel like spider is the new two ball. Yes. The two ball. Sure. If, if this was a what's in the bag of the previous decade, from twenty two, yeah. from 2000 to 2010, it would have 100% been the two 100%. ball. And now I feel like in this last decade, the spider has dominated, uh, and we're happy to put that in the bag. Are, yeah. we, are we going for a, diff- a certain type of colour? 
I'd have to just go black with a white line. Okay, let's go black with a white <laughs> line. I, 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 know, I, I think original putter, the original spider, not so much the X. I still feel like the original just has a little bit more about it. Yeah, just a quick one. We've obviously seen a few of the products coming in 2020, which we can't talk about yet, but obviously they'll be on the YouTube channel very, very soon. Full review, so make sure you subscribe. But we've talked about naming the products and how we're not a massive fan of some of the new names that are coming. I can't remember Spider coming out massively, but it's a weird name. It works now. But what what did you think when you first heard Spider? Can you remember? I always, I, I feel like I always remember Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yes, more than I remember one. Spider. Yeah, like Spider just seemed to come out, and then when like Itsy Bitsy Spider came out, and Long Legs, yeah, Daddy Long so Legs, long, the Daddy Long Legs yeah. was one with the um the the counterbalance yes. grip on it as well. I think it was very clever. You know, the fa- I, I can't remember, truth be told, when it actually came out and was called the Spider straight from the off. No, I don't. Uh, I only seem to remember, like, Itsy Bitsy, Daddy Long Legs, um, trying to think of other ones that have come out. But, yeah, I, I don't remember. I must admit, though, just talking about putters that you've just said are coming out next year, there's one particular putter from one of the brands we've just mentioned that is almost um, combining Spider and other bits to bring out a putter that I honestly think has a chance of really changing the game. Yeah, for sure. Right, so Odyssey, uh, sorry, Odyssey, TaylorMade Spider mm-hmm. is in the bag. Now, wedges. You're not going to like my choice, I don't think. I'll be honest, I've really struggled with wedges. Yeah. I've really, really it's struggled. a tough one. I was looking last night, I was thinking, right, come on, Rick, what wedges have really changed the game in the last decade? And, and I don't know, I don't honestly feel like Many have, but I also don't feel like it, they had to change that much. Taylor made tried with the what? Do you remember the ones that had the interchangeable faces? Yeah, can't screw the, those. Yeah, now. no, they tried something new. But ultimately, with wedges, if if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. I'm going to tell you what I've gone with now. It's it. I'm not confident we're going to put it in the bag, but the what I currently use, and I've, I'm going to say the Nike Engage wedges. Now, bear with me. I know straight away you're probably thinking that's a rubbish shout, but. The Nike Engage wedges, I've still got in the bag five years after they first came out. Now, I probably should replace them. The grooves are getting a bit worn out. The head shape is class. Really square leading edge, which I love. Really kind of simplistic design. But what was really unique with the Engage, there was three grinds. There was a, a square sole, which was available in like every loft. There was a dual sole, which was available in like your 58 and 60. And then there was um, oh, the pinette, what was the grind? another grind that was more like really good out of bunkers. But what was unique with them is they came with a, a wax coating on them. That when you that, So when you saw them in the retail store, they had a wax coating. As soon as you peeled off that wax coating, they would start to rust and oxidise. And, and regardless of whether that actually makes any more difference or not, but it was a cool feature. They were class wedges. Obviously, Nike don't make clubs anymore, so those wedges are obsolete. You don't really see them about. But they were they were different. They, they felt great. They had something, some different kind of technology, as it was said, with the, the wax coating and the, and the rusting. It's a shame that obviously Nike aren't making them anymore. Nike don't make clubs anymore. But for me, it says something that are still in the bag five years later when, you know, you obviously let me use clubs and stuff of yours. I could have any wedges in the bag pretty much that I want and I'm still using them. I know it's not the strongest argument, but no, I really like them. At least it is, a, it is a case to them. You know what? I was just thinking as you were just talking there, I didn't have a wedge idea in my head. Mm. I had a couple that I thought, yeah, maybe. You know, one that I've missed... And I honestly think it's possibly changed the game for wedge design. And it's not the first ever to do this, but I it's certainly the one now. that's brought it back. Yeah, I think Callaway PM Grind. Yeah. So if you remember the PM, PM Grind, it's the one where it's got the ridiculously big high toe on it, which now obviously leads into TaylorMade calling their version of that the high toe. Yeah. This, is, this is quite a lot of Callaway and TaylorMade copying off each other at the moment, isn't it really? But the, the PM Grind, Phil Mickelson Grind, the grooves went all the way to the edges. It's a bit of an ugly golf club, but actually versatility-wise, it's sensational. Yeah. When you open that face up and, it, and literally you've got grooves upon grooves that are just looking up at you from the golf ball, it is very, very um, in, uh, confidence-boosting. And you, you stand there and think, I could easily flick this wedge, get this ball going up through my left nostril because there's so much loft on it. Hmm. So if I was to potentially look at a wedge that has, let's say, changed the game in the last decade, I would honestly say that's it. Now, to counter that argument slightly, there's this this discussion that they never originally first ever made this wedge and it was actually Ping, the Ping I2. I slightly disagree with that argument because even though the Ping I2, yes, made a high toe wedge, they never made the grooves go all the way to the edges. 
I think you're right. I think obviously since then, it's a TaylorMade have brought one out. Ping have since re-brought one out. Is it still called the i2? Is it? It's uh, yeah, they brought a new one out. A of the new I2, version, which which apparently is mega mega spinning. And I think what well, obviously there's been some amazing Vokies in the last ten years, some amazing um, Clevelands, etc. What we're trying to do with this is is think of golf clubs that have been quite revolutionary, and I don't think it's fair to say that in the last ten years a Vokies come out that's been revolutionary. No, they've, they've always been, been very solid. Yeah, they're just a bit, a bit like the Pro V1 argument. Exactly, they're not bad. Yeah, and and in many you know sets, perfect sets in the last decade, they'd feature. Yeah. But we're looking at also brands that have pushed the boundary a little we're bit. We're looking at products in the last 10 years that you look back in another 10, 20 years and think that changed the game. So I think, I, think you, I think you're right with the wedge. There's not been a great deal that's come out. I do like that wedge. It's not something that I would use personally, but I think it's a great choice for people to use. So let's go with that. I think, that, I think that's the... the I, I honestly really struggle with the wedge department, but that the other ones I had was the actual just standard MD range the um matt daddy range but again it, it's just because it's a nice wedge yeah um and it's forged now i personally prefer forged wedges irons we're getting to the fun stuff now are you gonna do a quick um before we get into the irons i think it's worth you shouting out our sponsor for the show well ladies and gentlemen we've got some news for you we've actually got a new sponsor for the rick shields wow golf podcast um now the this particular franchise of, of uh, sponsors have really been a, a huge advocate of the, of the podcast and they've they've managed to fund it so far which we really appreciate thanks so much big shout out to rick shield's facebook page but there's actually a new sponsor it's a it's a, a group that's been built from the rick shield's facebook page and it's actually called the rick shield's golf podcast facebook group uh, we set up this weekend just been and already we have got over 3,000 members in the group. To find it, you either search Rick Shields Golf Podcast on Facebook and you can find the group. You've got to apply to be a member. There is strict regulations to be a member. If guy doesn't like your face, you're not coming in, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get you get um, added. And honestly, we thought we'd do it as a bit of an experiment. We've absolutely loved the interaction on the group so it's far. It's been class. Um, I ruffled a few feathers yesterday on there with a... Guy, guy likes to start some fights on there at the No, moment. no, no, no. All for, all for good fun. It was a change my mind topic, and I put shaft flex isn't that important and hardly makes any difference change my mind. And you know Kicked what? It, it, was, it was great to see some interaction, um, regardless of what you think about shaft flex, but... Also, what's been great to see is there's been a lot of discussion around the podcast, obviously, that's, that's what the group's about, but there's been so many people getting involved, asking for advice with each other, um, asking where people play at, what clubs they've got, just just general golf chat, and, and so far, it's been, a, it's been a really nice atmosphere, it's been class. So, everybody, make sure you join, we'll accept everybody, um, interact, engage, and let's build this community that we are doing and, and listen to the podcast and chat on there and maybe meet, meet some friends that you want to play golf with, etc. But it, it's class so far. Yeah, I'm just flicking through it on my phone now and honestly, the, the the amount of interaction that's taking place is incredible. People sharing pictures of their golf clubs that they're proud of, people sharing funny clips, people also talking about, hey, I'm, uh, I'm based in LA, I'm going playing golf this Saturday, who wants to join me? Um, just absolutely amazing. Also, you get... Um, you get badges. So there yes. are founder member badges, which a lot of people that signed up first off should be receiving once their new member badge expires, which is after two weeks. So if you are one of if you were one of the first people to sign up, um, which we don't actually know a number because we're on three and a half thousand um members of the group now. So it's hard to know exactly how many people are founder members. But after your new member um, badge expires after two weeks, you will know then if you're going to be a, uh, a founder member. There's also conversation starters. There is a rising star badge if you're really starting to uh, to get some conversation going and that goes with the conversation starter as well. If you're actively posting on that group and you know interacting, starting really cool conversations, you will get certain badges and rewards, I suppose. It's class. Um, and also... Those people listening that you know might not use Facebook, we've also opened up an email address as well, which is literally dead simple. It's podcast at rickshields.com. If you want to send us any questions, um, you want to shout out, anything like that, feel free to send us an email. We've actually had a couple of emails in already, 
Um, let's have a quick look at the emails. So we had um, Danny Lilly was asking for a shout out. He's a big fan of the podcast. Listen hey, to Danny. everything. Yeah, Danny. Hey, Danny. Thanks for coming to the range night as well. Um, Danny is a absolute hardcore regular at Traffic Golf Centre. I think he's got his own bay, his own uh, station. He'll rent it out for hours on end, trying to get nearest pin or hole in one on top tracer. So he's a good lad, Danny. I like him a lot. Yeah, that's class. Um, and, and on that topic, thank, uh, sorry, so that's the sponsor from the podcast, <laughs> everybody. Uh, Rick Shields Golf Show podcast Facebook group. Yeah, just type in Rick Shields Golf Show podcast on your search bar and press search. It should come up instantly. If not, click the groups bit below and you'll find it in there. I'm absolutely loving it. For example, one one post yesterday from Dillian Lawrence. Be honest, how many mulligans does everyone play with? <laughs> Four. What's weird, like, in the UK, we don't really play mulligans, do we? I feel like it's much more of a US thing. I think as well with mulligans, it depends how old you are when you started playing the game. If you've grown up playing golf, it almost feels like really, really bad. And you feel like you're going to take a mulligan and all of a sudden like something's going to happen. It's like, oh no, you can't do that. If you start a bit later in life, just yeah, play mulligan. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Looking so hot. Yeah. I like, I like the term breakfast ball. You know no, I've never heard that one. Breakfast ball is great where literally you, you might have a, you and your buddies go out and play the first shot and basically you're allowed a retake on the first tee and call it a breakfast ball. That's class. <laughs> so if you, if you hit a bad first tee shot, you go, right, I'm, I'm breakfast ball and just hit a, a retake. I actually saw one thing on the group and I can't find it now or remember the guy's name, so I do apologise, but he said something along the lines of reverse mulligans. So I'm guessing that means if I'm playing against you and you hit a good shot, I can say, let's say I get three reverse mulligans, I say, right, you've got to do that again. So your shot that went stiff, you've got to hit again. <laughs> I like that. That's class. There's one, um, and I've played a golf course. We played it last year. It's called, uh, Cent- uh, what's it called? Centurion, is it? No? The one in London? Yeah. Is it that one? Seve Design. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, Centurion. No, it's yeah. not. No, it's not. That's that's another course. God, what's it called? That one that Seve Designed. It's definitely not Centurion now. Anyway, the Shire. The Shire. On that golf course, there's actually um, overhanging um, power lines. And uh, if you hit one of those power lines, it dep- doesn't matter if it's a great shot or a terrible shot. If you, you might have hit 
flushed absolute perfect three with his heading towards the green and your ball hits one of those power lines you actually have to retake your shot again which must be one Ouch. of the most frustrating things in the world to do um when i played there a couple of years ago i fatted an iron shot luckily it hit the power line i got to retake it hit my second shot and put it really close so it was a benefit for me um but yeah, Facebook page, we're absolutely loving it. Um, and like I said, the podcast uh, email address, it's all, all good. I like building this community uh, because I think someone mentioned it in the in the Facebook group is that, you know, we're all fans of golf. We're all fans of golf media. Um, some people said they're all fans of Rick Shields, which is lovely. What, what, you know, why don't we set something up as more of a community? I think that's a really something strong we're really going to work through the winter and certainly moving into next year. Um, Irons. Okay. Is it your turn to go first or mine? It, it's whoever's, but we're going to have the same. I don't know if we are. We're going to have the same? Yeah. No way. Okay. Am I going first? Yeah. Right, should we do after three then? Irons, ready? I'll just say, go on then. Are you saying brand? I'm going to say model, name or number or whatever. I honestly don't think we've got okay, the same. Okay, maybe not. Ready? One, two, three. P790. Zero, three, double ones. Wow. She, ah, you've beat me there. I don't know why you've done that. <laughs> so, just to confirm that wow. I've gone for PXG 03111 irons. Yeah. And the reason being, it was that set that started off all of the other hollow headed oh, forged irons, either filled or non filled. The PXGs, love them or hate them. Yeah. They Great were first. Shout out that. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I've gone with the P790s on the back of. It's one of the rare golf clubs that comes out that could be used by a scratch golfer or a 20 handicapper or whatever handicapper. It's, it's hard for brands to, to do that. So that's why I was going to go with TaylorMade and then you've gone and beat me to it by the PXGs that essentially inspired the TaylorMades. Yeah, and, and if you remember that massive lawsuit that came from the back of it as well because PXG, like I say, came out with a forged-headed hollow head design filled with with a squishy foam mattress basically which was to help dampening the sound and the feel and everything else without question you know the 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 outrageously expensive and that's why a lot of other brands made them at slightly different price point but not much cheaper but just a little bit cheaper but really for me it was the phg zero three double ones that kicked it all off and now you've got sets from tailor-made ping cobra Mizuno. Titleist or something? Titleist. They're all making at least forged, hollow-headed mm-hmm. design. Whether filled or not filled, this is kind of where it stemmed from. I can't argue with you. Zero three PXG. I didn't think we'd put PXG irons in there, but they've definitely changed the game there. Well, that's that's the good thing with this, because cause we're saying about a club or a brand that kind of changed the game, it doesn't necessarily mean that people have to go out and buy the PXGs, obviously, but other brands have since been influenced or copied, copied. <laughs> yeah. and, and stolen made... well that, and that's it and there's also there's more affordable brands i think is it links that also do a set of hollow head irons that might even be obviously cheaper again so you know sometimes and we see it in other industries as well in car industries or phone industries you know one brand that costs a lot of money to purchase might spend millions or whatever billions on r&d make something and then other brands copy that and it makes it more affordable for the consumer so fair play to pxg for for doing that okay moving into the big hitting clubs now are we doing hybrid as I'm well not doing hi- i've not got anything i really 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 struggled the only thing i actually jotted down i actually never did enough research to find out which one this was but i said what was the first adjustable hybrid because that definitely came out in the last decade that's a good point i feel like it was callaway but it could have also yeah. been tailor-made but it could have also been Titleist or ping you know, i don't think it was ping yeah actually. i think yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't ping. I'm not sure who it was, but I think that's a good shout in terms of adjustable hybrids because although it's not something that can the golfers not going to and change every week for for gapping and for getting so fitted, key. it makes a big difference. That's that's a good point, but I don't know who that was. Because I also th- I feel like you know an adjustable hybrid. I'm not the biggest hybrid fan in the world. No, just from my own personal golf, but I do think they're very beneficial for a lot of golfers out there. For me. A gap, a adjustable hybrid, i.e. you can change the loft on it, gives you so much fl- fl- uh, flexibility. Let's say it's a really, really windy day and you want to be able to knock the ball down and you crank it down by one and a half degrees. It might make a little difference. And then suddenly it's a roasting hot day and you need more height. You need the ball to land on the green and stop. You, you know, loft it up a couple of degrees before you round. It's got some benefit. 
I'll have to think. I definitely remember reviewing it and saying this is the first ever adjustable hybrid. I just can't remember who the hell it was. (laughs) Anyway, I'll have a think. Whichever brand you were that spent hours upon hours of R&D and innovation to make that club, we can't remember who you were, but thanks for doing it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I bet somebody somebody listening now will be screaming at the phone or the radio when they're listening to the car radio, listening to the car on the podcast and going, Rick, it was the bloody whatever Galloway something or other um okay fairway wood now I do again think we might have the same club here but I don't know well I I think we have I was just conscious it was getting one brand yeah. heavy so I think you've picked the RBZ I have the tailor-made RBZ which I don't disagree with the RBZ came out and really did change the game in the fact that you can get a distance fairway wood which this came all this hoo-ha about 17 yards yeah. longer the first time where a, a slot was actually put in behind the face to increase ball speed etc etc I think just a note on that what tailor-made did so well with that club is get people thinking probably more about your three wood Actually, though, I think it's done some damage to the brand because the whole 17 yards claim is now what TaylorMade are known for. Every time they bring a new driver out, we see comments, people saying, oh, how many yards long is this one claiming to be? And to be fair to TaylorMade, they don't have those outlandish claims as much anymore. But that 17 yards story and all the the points of sale they had in retail stores that claim 17 yards, I think that's done them some damage long term. I agree. I'm going to throw a real curveball in there, though. Let me just do one little tiny bit of research. No, I'm I'm wrong. Uh, But there might be some truth in it. I've actually put down just one word here for three woods and fairway woods. Okay. Do you know what it could be? The only other option I was going to do was go with the Callaway Octane that Henrik Stenson used because it was just so iconic, but no. I've gone with one brand that I honestly think changed the shape of fairway woods. And I don't mean the shape as in design shape, as in the landscape of fairway woods. I'm intrigued. Adams. Yeah. Adams woods. Mm. So Adams, and and I I also think it leads on to the club that we've just talked about as well. Adams was bought by TaylorMade in 2013 or something, maybe even before that. And they basically... Took all the idea, the, all the great ideas from Adams Fairway Woods, yeah. put them into TaylorMade Woods, and then binned off Adams. You don't see Adams at all anymore. No, and I think was it the R11 hybrid was literally an Adams, and it yeah. was class. Yeah, R11. I used to use a fairway wood called the Tight Lies, yeah. which was about 2014, 2015, when TaylorMade still owned Adams, but it hadn't kind of basically turned into bankruptcy. Well, not bankruptcy, just um, I don't recall it. They basically bought them for the patents, yeah. I think, didn't they? So I, I feel like Adams really did change the shape, but there's no real one club, let's say. So I'm happy to go tailor-made RBZ. So before we get to driver, let's run through the bag. We've gone AD333. Yeah. Then we've gone for Spider. Yeah, tailor Spider Putter. Then Callaway PM Grind. Yeah, PM Grind. PXG031 T uh, or double one irons. And then we've gone with the RBZ. RBZ Fairway Wood. At the moment... That's quite tailor- a split, is it? TaylorMade are doing pretty good. Um, TaylorMade have got the spide, the putter, the three wood, um, tricks and ball, Taylor, uh, Callaway wedge, yeah, PSG. So now down to the driver. I think, again, I know what you will have gone for. I don't know if you have because if you said you wanted to kind of mix it between the brands a little bit. I think I know, and I don't think you'll have any idea what I've gone for. Who's going first? I won't know what you've gone for. I know. Hmm, that intrigues me. I had a number of options for driver. Okay. But I honestly don't believe there's been one driver that in the last decade has made us think differently about driver ball performance, yeah. i.e. optimizing spin and launch. Yeah. And they, as much as this brand gets absolutely slated for bringing out product after product after product, which without question they did in the past this particular driver which was actually designed by accident mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you're going for changed now. the game but even though it was one of the hardest clubs ever to hit I know it sounds like a ridiculous thing it was one of the longest woods ever to hit which was the SLDR yeah the slider SLDR tailor made SLDR with the forward weight 
um, forward center of gravity, this idea that loft up became a thing where everyone started to use more loft in the drive. Everybody which... needed a 14 degree drive, didn't yeah. they? <laughs> well, they actually brought a 16 degree yeah. SLDR out, which I thought was class, a really good driver, certainly for, for forgiveness and um, ease of hitting. It was a monster club when you got it right, when you hit the center. Mm. And many, many tour players won with it because guess what? They hit the center. Where it started to become harder work was when that um, very popular tour driver started to fil- filter into the hands of an 18 handicapper yeah. who couldn't hit the middle and then it flopped completely. And that was very much in the era where retailers were getting their hands on launch monitors. Correct. So you, I worked at American Golf, which is a huge retailer in, in the UK and I think Europe, to be fair. That, this was many years ago. Was it 2013, 14 it launched? No, no, it must have been earlier than that because I left there in 13. 12 or 13, I think the slider launched. But, you know, consumers would go in, golfers would go in with their whatever driver and let's say they're averaging 230 yards with it they'd put pick up at sldr and suddenly it's going 245 250 yeah they might hit one that's sliced out of bounds but on the driving range that shot just gets deleted off the launch monitor and forgotten about and everything's rosy whereas it obviously as we know in real golf you get on the golf course on the fourth hole and you hit one out of bounds your scorecard starts to look a bit a bit worse for wear so it was very, very clever, the whole era. It just it was a perfect timing. And like you said, it massively changed the, the way we look at drivers. And one thing I remember, and I feel like this was a marketing campaign, and if it's not, I might sound a bit weird saying this, but I, I remember it from somewhere, or it was definitely an analogy that maybe a tailor-made rep told me at the time, but it was the uh, the hose, hose pipe. Oh, so yeah. If you had a hose yeah, pipe yeah, on like yeah, full yeah. power and aimed it low, then obviously the, the water's going to hit the ground. If you aimed it right up at the sky, it was going to shoot up and shoot down. If you find that kind of happy medium, it goes optimized. Up, exactly, <laughs> optimized your hose pipe hose skills. Pipe yes, launch conditions. Exactly, and that was then made sense with golf. If you hit a driver into the floor, essentially, it's going to go nowhere. If you sky it, it's not going to go very far. If you can find that middle ground with the right launch, the right spin, it's going to go far. So, yeah, it was I very, it was very educational that driver. The only thing I would say, I'm not disputing the fact of you know, what we're saying about how it changed the game. But in terms of a product itself, I don't think you'd find many people with an SLDR in the bag anymore. The, on, the only person, a lad that I know who plays at um, Royal Liverpool, uh, Martin Thomas, who played, yeah, yeah. you know, at Wentworth, day. at the um, BMW PGA. Oh, sorry, the, yeah, when, with Beef, yeah. Um, left-hander. Yeah. Now, maybe because he's left-hander, he doesn't get access to But he's, he's recently messaged me saying... Um, what's he swap now? He, he wants to swap, but he wants to take the same shaft with him. But he also wants the option of putting a new shaft in his SLDR. Ah, okay. So he's found it very difficult to move out of an SLDR, even though it's been out, you know, five or six years, and he's a plus two handicap or whatever. Yeah, it was the it's a class driver. Um, what's your choice? So I don't know, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. In one way, it might sound a bit underwhelming, but it's not. It's a driver I've used not anymore, obviously, but for a long time. It launched in 2011. It was, as far as I'm aware, and again, I'm I'm um, open to be kind of proved wrong. From what I remember, it was one of the first drivers that you could independently change loft and face angle. So up until this point, every driver where you could change the loft, it would have an impact on face angle. So typically, if you lofted up a driver, the club would then sit more closed. And if you would take loft off the driver, it would sit more open. So it wasn't independent. This driver it was. Which, by the way, that is true what Guy's saying, even though it doesn't sound like yeah, yeah it sounds the opposite way yeah. doesn't it but just it's... if anyone's listening going he's got that wrong that was right yeah. if you if you loft it up it closes if you if you loft it down it opens which typically would suit most people because typically someone that wants more loft would might often be a slicer and vice versa but it wasn't independent this driver was an iconic head shape it was classic and it, it stayed in the bag of tour pros for years long story short i'm gonna go titleist 910 d2 or d3 you can choose <laughs> now I know it does feel a bit underwhelming but it came out in Lowest 910 actually launched in 2011 I think I remember hearing rumours that it was going to be called 911 but titles didn't want to because of 911 or whatever which makes sense um, that, that's, it's just class it was simple it went a long way I used it for years I said it was adjustable it was the one that had as they still do to this day which what are we in now 2019 are we and it's still got the same adjustment it's the a b c d one two three four on a tight list so if you think about a product if you think about any technology whatever industry that comes out in 2011 and is still implemented in products in 2019 exactly the same that is impressive so although the driver itself might not seem that like memorable to some people, that technology in the neck, is it tightly sure fit, is it called? That 
that's impressive. You, you look underwhelmed, and I'm just trying to get my head around. Can I? Can that? Can that qualify? Is that a quantifiable enough of a difference to, to be the best driver of the last decade? Yeah, that's my only challenge, and I'm not saying the SLDR is because uh, again, as many. This has been the challenge with drivers. I think drivers have, have progressed 100%. Not 100%, that's a big shout. I think drivers definitely have improved since 2010 to 2019 without question. But they've been very gradual with the changes. Nobody bar possibly an argument say the SLDR has really added on so much distance. But distance isn't everything with a driver. No. I'm not sure. Not sure if we're going to come with a conclusion there. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's in terms of what's changed the game and other brands more. I think Taylor Made and the SLDR wins. But as I said, what what really stands out for me with the nine ten is a product that launched. I think it was November two thousand eleven, and now it's obviously no. Well, it's actually December, which is essentially November two thousand and nineteen. So eight years later, and it's still the exact same technology. I think that's impressive. I'm happy to give you the tailor-made. I'm happy to to give you that one. I'm just I'm just thinking there's got to be more. It's like, hard I'm, though. I'm to... feeling I'm feeling like M2 original. I, M2. I thought that first I had you down as that. I think yesterday, and I thought actually you'll go. But that's just actually just a, a driver that I like. Yeah, it's not a driver that I think changed, changed. the game that more. I think it had the most um, cons- the best elements it was just to solid. it, and the best looking driver and the best performance. But it didn't. Mm. It wasn't like shockwaves through the world when that came out. I think annoyingly. If we'd have said, let's go, we wouldn't do this, it wouldn't make any sense. If we went from like 04, 05, I think there's been a lot of products in that 0, from 2005 to 2000, 2010 that massively changed the game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking R7 Super quad. quad. There was Ping G2 was massive. Yeah, huge because of the price it point. It was affordable, it was class. Um, obviously, as we said before, two ball putter. I think the mid to early 2000s is when I think Vokies really came into Massively. the game. When I started playing golf, everything was Cleveland, and Vokie was like, yeah, I'd say this is quite hopefully quite a good analogy. I think if we went back to when Vokie came really big, it was almost like Cleveland were Pro V1, if this makes sense, and Vokie was TP5. It was like the up-and-coming rival, whereas now it's like everything's Vokie, Vokie. Yeah, that's very true. Um, even like... Irons wise, you know, the, the big Bertha era and, and metals and irons. It feels like, I don't know if it's because I'm looking back at it with all nostalgia. You know, yeah, nostalgia, but it feels like the, the kind of early to mid 2000s, there was so much more innovative products coming out, whereas now it feels a bit more. I feel, I feel like, uh, and we're not doing, I feel like we're always getting closer to this, this you know, <laughs> not end goal. The wall. That's a scary, <laughs> scary thought, but. You know, getting closer to optimized performance. You know, technology is getting better. Buddy Callaway investing millions on a supercomputer and things like that. Like, we are getting yeah. closer now to you know figuring out the perfect answer. Another driver I thought of as well, and it's a shame that it's so new because if it was a two or three years older, I would have called it was the F9 Cobra F9. Yeah, I think when we look at it now, I know it's it only came out the start of 2019, so it's a bit much to call it the driver of the decade. But it's priced much more reasonably than its competitors. It's a great performing driver. It utilizes technology with the Arcos. Um, yeah, as an overall, as an overall product. package, yeah, the product, it's class. The only thing you put, could arguably say, other than price, there's not really one standout feature as such, really. Just Arcos, really. Yeah. But you, and but, you can plug in an Arcos. And that's coming to other brands, I believe, as well. Maybe the milled face. Yeah. I mean, that feels still quite in its, in its infancy, so I don't know how... Like, I know they've got it in the driver, obviously, the new SZ or SZ, whether that's something that'll stay around for 10 years. And, and, and like we'll look back at in 10 years, as we are doing with the adjustable neck of the tight list, and we'll go, wow, Cobra brought this technology out in 2019, and now it's 2029, they're still doing it. But yeah, I couldn't quite give it to Cobra. So it's a tough one, driver. There's loads to choose from, but nothing. I mean, do you go down the route of Epic with Jailbreak? Or you could go epic flash with artificial intelligent face. You could go tailor made with twist face, which <laughs> it just—I don't think that's yeah. that's changed the game that much. It just feels it feels a bit like a lot of these technologies sound great, but do they actually make a difference? Whereas when we go back to like R7 quad, there was literally four weights in the golf club you could change, or like the first adjustable drivers you could actually change. It was like wow, this is different. Um, 
Yeah, it's a bit of an anticlimax with driver because we can't quite choose on that one. Let's go slider. I'll okay. give it you. SLDR, let's put that in there. And I think what we'll do as well, we'll use the, utilize the Facebook group as well and ask you guys on there as well what you guys think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Uh, what else was there? <laughs> Just a quick one. We are, we filmed with Eddie Hall last week, which was cool. That video is going to be coming out soon. Eddie Hall won, won the World's Strongest Man in 2017. He is absolutely, his nickname is The Beast. We did a video to see how fast he could swing a golf because we'd never played golf before. And we give him a challenge to see how fast he could swing. It's that video coming out soon. And also we filmed Range Night, which you might have heard about in the last podcast. Uh, we filmed last Thursday. Um, it was awesome. Uh, you know the night I think went really well Guy would you say it was class I think what I liked about it obviously I was there I didn't really hit any balls but I was there what was so cool was people just there was no what's the track it was it 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 did what it said in the tin if that makes sense people came to hit golf balls hang around have a bit of a laugh have fun have some challenges and that's what it was it was what I thought was so cool is people were getting stuck in. There were, you had, I think it was four per, people per bay, and obviously on top tracer bays, you hit a few shots, then have a minute, maybe have a drink, hit some more. And obviously people were interacting with people that didn't know. Some people came together as a foursome or whatever. But at the start, you were saying to people, right, yeah, if you go and find a bay and jump in, and get, and everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. Everyone was acting like grown-ups, even yeah. though some of them were children, and, and getting in the bays and getting stuck in. And what I always think is crazy with golf is that you could put, you know, I'm a relatively confident person, but I don't really speak to many strangers. But if you put me on a golf course in Japan, Australia, anywhere, with three random people, it's like, it sounds a bit deep and a bit corny, but like golf brings you together. Like you have this like weird, like sense that you just know what to do and what to speak about. And it just kind of flows. And that definitely shone on the range night. Yeah, there's a common ground. I, I You know what? There's a couple of things as well that I really liked. First off, we raised... £330 for charity for Prostate Cancer UK, which is class. Thanks so much for Trafford Golf Centre for hosting it and putting on such was, a great deal. They were class, yeah. Uh, really helped out. Pete Styles there was class. Um, obviously, I used to work at Trafford, and so it's a class range anyway. Top tracing and stuff like that, so that was good. Um, like I say, I'm hoping to potentially do another one down the line. Um, they are going to be very much off the cuff, so just make sure that you are following me on Facebook mainly. <laughs> Really pushing Facebook, aren't we? Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, so-so Twitter, uh, and any other platform. Follow me at Rick Shields PGA. So when, um, basically what ha- what happened is I sent a post out saying I'm going to plan this range night. This was last Monday. Um, it's happening on Thursday, and we filled 50 spots in 18 minutes. Wow. So be on it. <laughs> be on it, because I don't want anyone to miss out on the next ones. And maybe we, maybe we can open it up. It felt way busier than 50, was- though. There was more than 50. Well, we counted 40, 45 that had paid. But I think a lot of people brought friends and family with them to spectate and mess about, or maybe people snuck in. I yeah, there was, it was definitely busier than that. It was really good. And it, like I said, it was just good to see people getting on and just hitting balls. And like we see a lot of these names on Facebook or, or, or views on a video or whatever, but to actually see people coming together and chatting, it was it was class. It was yep. really good. Real life people. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Um, we are going to be back next week with another podcast, another topic we're going to be covering. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out. Also, guys, it's really valuable with the podcast if you tell a friend, share it around. Um, we are fast approaching fantastic numbers on the viewing figures for podcasts and we want to keep growing that. So if you can tell a friend, the family, listen together, that'd be great. Um, so listen on separate devices, that'd be even better. Thanks so much for listening, guys. That's it for me and Guy and we shall see you next week. See ya.